I don't know if he's going to teach from the floor, going to teach from the platform. Totally his, his call. Um, I was just thinking about what Dave said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these things will be added unto you. How many of you know that when we seek other things first, things get taken away instead of added to? You know, when we seek other things first and our priorities are out and things are messed up and God isn't first, we lack in our life. But when God is first, he continually adds to us. So I would encourage all of you guys to always be mindful that he is your first priority. He's your first. He is the first love. He um, He has to be number one in order for everything else to flow correctly in your life. And one gentleman that seems to have done that in a marvelous way is my little brother, Bradley White. Um, <laughs> I, I, people are going to go, I didn't know he was okay. your brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a man of God. And let me tell you something. Um, he has an evangelistic call on his life that is just powerful. I was going through, we have a record in the back. We keep a record of everything you do. No. <laughs> I was going through good guys, bad guys, making a list and checking it twice. I was going through the baptismal records because someone had wanted a record page after page after page because you list who's baptizing you, who has done. This young man of God has won so many people to the Lord. I don't know if you realize how many people you've influenced, how many people you have won because of your testimony and the way that you walk and the evangelistic call that God has placed on your life is only, it's just begun. I just see so much more fruit coming in your life in those areas. And, and he just tells the truth and he just loves God and he just lives his life for him. And because of that, his life bears much fruit in the kingdom. And so I'm encouraged and excited to release him upon you tonight, Mr. No Brad White, no Pastor Brad White. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No pressure. No, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no pressure after an introduction like that. Somebody finna get saved tonight. Mm. Man, what an honor and a privilege it is to even share this stage with the pastors that we have here and the mighty men and women of God who have gone before me and welcomed me into this family and showed me love is just it's overwhelming, man. It's, it really, it truly was Christ. I saw Christ when I came here, and I pray that you do too. As, as you enjoy the fellowship of this church, I pray that you see Christ in it. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his blessing on this night. It's already here. We just have to receive it and press into it. So, Father, we just thank you for this night. Father, we thank you for our very lives that we have made it to this point in the day, Father God. Every minute of every hour, you have orchestrated it all for every one of us to be here tonight, Father, to hear your word, to hear your voice tonight. Father, I pray that our ears will be open to hear you speak tonight. Father, let everything that I say fade away to the background. Father, let none of it stick. But everything that is of you, let it penetrate all the way through the soul, Father God, so that it may resonate deep inside by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, 
Let your word reign in this place tonight, Father. For those who are seeking tonight, I pray they find you tonight, Father. For those who have come in with heavy burdens, Father God, I pray that they be released in the name of Jesus tonight. Father, for all of those who who have been confused, have anxiety, Father God, have unforgiveness in their hearts. Father, for all of those who, who can't get it on track, Father, I pray that you will pick them up tonight. Hold them in your hand, Father, and restore them here tonight in the name of Jesus. We just ask for your blessing over this service and over our lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Somebody ready to get saved yet? Okay, I'll keep going. So the the word tonight that we're talking about is Jesus at the center. It's the summer series. It's what everybody's been talking about. What does it mean to have Jesus at the center of your life? And there's a lot of things going on in society around us that would take us off of the central focus of knowing Christ. Amen. There's a lot of things that are distractions from the enemy. There's a lot of societal pressures that are going on right now. All you have to do is have a Facebook account, put your email in there, your password and log in. All of a sudden, you have all types of information there at your hands that you did not, that you weren't even aware of. There's things going on, right? I never saw a rebel flag uh, here recently until they banned it. You know, now I see them everywhere. But I didn't see it before that because there was no awareness because I wasn't looking there. Someone just had to bring it to my attention now and distract me with something that isn't really focused on Christ. And I can lose my focus and I can lose my center because now I'm worried about something else that's trivial. You know, this word right here, we have a tendency to approach this word with our own uh, preconceived notions, with our own experiences. So as I'm reading this word, I think about my life and the things that I've seen and the people that I know and the character that I've seen displayed. And that's how I approach this word. Now, if I am uh, left leaning or right leaning uh, in a political arena or in my values, then when I approach this word, I'm going to see it a little bit askew. But that's okay. I'm here to tell you tonight that whether you are coming from this side or that side, Jesus is at the center of the word. And so whether you agree with everything that I say or not, you and I should agree that Jesus is Lord and that he has the power to save us, that he paid the price for our very lives. And if we can't agree on anything else, We should be able to agree on that. Let's keep that the central focus of what we're doing. Let's keep that the central focus of why we even speak or engage or have fellowship or are even here tonight. We're here for Jesus. Amen. Are we here because of what Christ has done for us? We don't come here just to fellowship. It's part of the package. It's part of the fun. (laughs) I love fellowshipping with you guys. I love hanging out out here in these hallways and and hurting Cole and, and as he's walking by and, and things of that nature. You know, I enjoy the conversations that we have in these hallways, but that's not really all we're here for. We're here for Jesus. We're here to learn about him. We're here to try to follow him better. We're here to worship him. We are here to uh, engage our minds and our hearts and our souls to see what is in this Bible and what makes it real. I've seen this scripture tossed around a lot, and you probably have too. So I want to bring a little bit of clarity to it. I've seen a lot of people talking about it. They maybe come from it from different angles, but this is probably a scripture that you hear a lot, that you've heard misconstrued, or you hear just parts of. 
That scripture is, judge not, lest ye be judged. So a lot of people say, you can't judge me because, hey, if you're a Christian and you believe in the Bible and it says this, then you can't do this. Isn't it funny that people who are in sin, they know what the Bible say you ain't supposed to do, but they don't know what the Bible say they ain't supposed to do. I was right there, too. You know what I mean? I'm no stranger to that. But the emphasis wasn't really on judging others. It was about the heart condition of the person doing the judging. It wasn't for you to, oh, you can't judge me. It's what does your heart look like in judging me? If you are judging me, what does your heart look like? That would be my question. If you're judging somebody and you're saying something about them, what does your heart look like while you're doing that? Is it to benefit them? Is it to promote them? Is it to accept them? Is it to encourage them and build them up and say, hey, what you're doing is killing you. There's life over here. I can help you get there. I'll walk with you. We'll go together. There's prosperity. There's life. There's abundance over here. But where you're going, there's death. Is that why you're judging them? Are you judging them so that you can tell them that they're wrong and you're right? There's an underlying theme all the time. Sometimes we, sometimes we say that and we point that finger because we want the, the pat on the back for ourselves to say, hey, I'm, but I'm doing better than them. I'm doing a good job. I'm not doing what y'all are doing. I'm doing better. Uh, do we have that scripture up? Luke chapter six. So at the end of that verse, Jesus actually says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So the whole point of saying, judge not lest ye be judged, the whole point of that was to say, if you remove the plank from your eye, then you can see clearly of what you need to pinpoint to get to the other person's problem. Maybe the sin really isn't their problem. Maybe it's just a symptom of their problem. I'm looking for the speck, right? If I'm looking for somebody else, I'm looking, for, I'm looking at the speck because I want to help you. As Christians, that's the life that we're supposed to live. That's, that's how we live that scripture out. Amen. We're, we're, we're trying to remove the plank from our own eyes so that we can see somebody to help them. How's it feel when you got a speck in your eye? I mean, I'd be in a mirror for like two hours putting visine in there, doing the little eyelash thing, and then it don't work. And then you're like, why is this thing still here? I feel like it's like a, a, a razor blade in there. And it's just a little tiny speck. That's what we're there for. That's what we're there to assist people with, is to help them. It's not to judge them. It's not to bring negative things their way. Y'all having fun yet? No. Okay, sit tight, sit tight. Hang in there, man, hang in there. The, the arm bar's finna come down. You finna go on a ride, okay? Can I get that uh, first John scripture? Did I give you that one? She don't have all my scriptures. She just got some of them, so some of them I'm gonna have to read to you. Is uh, no, 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 that, was, that wasn't it. It's Mark chapter 10. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. I love this scripture. I love this scripture because what it does is it, it reminds me of why I'm here. 
It reminds me why I'm in the body of Christ. It reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing. See, don't you come here for directive? Do you come here for direction? Raise your hand if you come here for direction. If you come into the house of the Lord to go, hey, God, I really need some help. I want to walk out this Christianity thing. I want to follow you. I'm really having trouble with that. How do I do that? Is that why we're here? That's why I'm here. That's why I come here. I want people that will tell me the truth from this stage and will say, hey, if you're doing this, let's let's tweak that a little bit and let's go here. If you're headed this direction, look at what's over here. Look what's available. Look what Jesus did for us so we can walk here. This is one of those places. Sometimes, uh, and I'm, I'm a prime example, when I came to Christ, I thought, I'm going to give my life to Christ. Everything's going to get better. All the gray clouds, they're going to part away. Sunny skies are coming my way. And then the plane crashed. So if you're seeking Christ out of selfish motives, a selfish ambition, there's really nothing to be had there. And it seems crazy because we're talking about a salvation thing where it is selfish, isn't it? I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I want to be where Christ is. Uh, we were just talking about this in Bible study the other day. I was driving down the street and I saw all these uh, billboards uh, that were talking about abortion, like one after the other after the other. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like somebody's going to see this and they're going to change their mind because this is getting deep. Like this is some real stuff. And one of my friends said, yeah, um, that's one of the things that led me to get saved because I saw one of those billboards that said, where will you spend eternity, heaven or hell? And I had to think about that, and I didn't want to see it because I knew the answer was hell. Here we are, we're walking through our lives, we pretend a lot like hell doesn't exist, or we get our little fire insurance card. But the point being is that it's real. It really is real. There is separation from God. And other people that we we think that we're helping them or we think that we're not, I don't want to be too hard on them or I don't want to say that, they're dying because we're not telling them the information that they need to know. 